0: Start the next song, why don't we greet someone that we uh, don't know quite well yet. Praise the Lord this morning. Creator God, you gave me breath so I could raise your grace. sing out this next song. Really absorb
1: we're glad that you're here today and i'd like to welcome you to crossroads ministries thank you for your uh... exciting worship this morning to our lord and our god uh... just a a few uh... few announcements would you please pass the friendship folders down the aisle this morning and uh, as you're as you're signing in on the friendship folders just a Few brief announcements. Number one, we have. Uh, I just like to go over the mission of our church. The, uh, why Why do we come together every Sunday? What What is it that makes us tick here at Crossroads Ministries? And And we exist to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And that's why we encourage you to invite your friends. And that's why we encourage you to be kind one to another. That's why we encourage you with so many things. It's It's what makes us tick here. So would you read that statement with me this morning? To bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that, that's why we exist. That's what we're all about. And in days to come, we're going to be talking about how that impacts everything from uh, when you're sitting in your row. Uh, if you see somebody coming in late, move into the middle because we want to bring people to Jesus instead of allowing them to climb over you and things like that because uh, God is using all that you do every day. And so uh, we'll be talking more about that. But our mission is to bring people. Into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, this Wednesday, we have our, our, our dinner here this week, our Wednesday night dinner in the gymnasium. If you'd like to attend that, please uh, sign up today in the foyer at the Welcome center, or also in the uh, online. you can sign up, but we do need to have a reservation so that we can plant enough food that's on a, um, on a donation basis, so as you come, you just kind of the pot will be there and you add to that and help pay for the dinner that would be of great help to us all if you want to come and then go on to our men's group or, and to our ladies group uh, put your kids into the canopy kids or in the, in the connect students with our teenagers uh, that's a great great thing to do or if you just want to come and have dinner and get on your way that's fine too uh, we find everybody has uh, different options there uh, on that, on that Wednesday night dinner. Then we have a conference coming up, Man Up. I'd like to encourage all the men to consider going to this. Mike Tomlin, Coach Mike Tomlin uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers will be at this Man Up conference, and he'll be challenging men to stand up for Jesus, to to take a a stand for God in their daily life, and uh, to be men in their families, to be men in their communities, to be men in their church. So I'm going to encourage you men, uh, if you'd like more information about this, it's uh, Saturday, June the 4th, and it's uh, from like 8 o'clock till 3.30. And uh, I'd like to encourage everyone, all the men to go. There's information at the uh, Welcome Center for that as well. Then on June the 10th, we're going to be having our, our June Jamboree out on the field. And there will be a lot of exciting things with that. I think there will be the first movie that we kick off, uh, Big Hero 6. And then uh, there will also be a, a few things going on out there. I think they've got some inflatables for the kids. They have all kind of fun, exciting things that are planned. More di- more information will be coming, but that's on Friday night, June the 10th, June Jamboree. I even heard that the band may be playing out there. I don't know what's going on. So I, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing what's going on, as you will, all right? So it'll be a fun time. And that'll be coming out Friday, June the 10th. Mark it on your calendar, and then Saturday morning, June 11th, uh, there's a walk for the homeless. Uh, Roger and Deb Metcalf will be our team leaders. They are they are our competitive walkers. Uh, you don't have to compete to walk; you just have to walk, right? So that's what I do. I just walk, and I finish last, but I finish. All right. So I'll be going. Uh, I, my plan is to go on that as well. I'll be here Friday night, and then Saturday morning at this walk. If you'd like to be a part of that, please uh, get information at the at the welcome center as well today. And then I want to thank you for your support for the for our team in Ecuador. As you know, there was an earthquake. We've been at, giving a, an opportunity for you to give to them. Um, at the town where the epicenter of the earthquake was, there's about seventy thousand. I'm sorry, fifty five thousand people, and seventy percent of the town was uh, just leveled. And as you look at some of these pictures as uh, we forward through them, you'll see. Uh, last week, our team went out there. Uh, Daniel Gonzalez and their family. We were able to send them $1,000 from our mission fund here. And and I was so thankful to God that we had that and could do that. Uh, they brought bags of rice. You'll see right here is bags of rice and, and chicken and, and beans. And they, they were just out there, and they're feeding people. They they were trying to feed about 1,000 people last weekend. They had gospel presentations letting people hear, hear about Christ. But in the middle of this devastation, uh, 70% of that town leveled. And they said that, uh, that one of the challenges for that town is many of the people there probably won't have resources to rebuild. This is Daniel Gonzalez taking a selfie, as you can see there. It's a very concerned selfie. Um, but uh, in the background, you look is the tents and that's what he's trying to show you is look at the tents of the people that are that have been displaced and uh and so they are out really making a difference if you'd like to continue to give to that fund uh please mark your gift ecuador earthquake and uh we will get that to them and they will they will use it for specifically to help those people so i thank you our church thank you for your giving thank you for your generosity um, you know, when God gives to us and we give to others, we give unto his name, it's, uh, it's really a blessing, isn't it? And so he's given, and we give because he's given to us. So I want to encourage you, if, that, uh, if that's on your heart, you can give to them this morning. Uh, I'd like to ask our ushers to come forward this morning. As they come forward, I'd like to just remind you we've been in our series, The, uh, the Hope of Glory. And uh, last week we had a great week, Pastor Josh Watts was here and he, uh, he spoke on the hope of glory and uh, he was part four in our series. Today we wrap up our series, part five, the hope of glory, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And uh, I've asked Chuck Green, our one of our Bible teachers here at the church, he teaches the men's Bible study on Wednesday evening, so I've asked him to, if he'll wrap up the series this morning so as, uh, as he comes up this morning, you'll be wondering who he is. Some of you don't know Chuck, and now you do. That's Chuck Green, and we're thankful for him. Great Bible teacher, and he'll be wrapping up our series today. And next week, if you can believe it, already is Mother's Day. So um, that, uh, that, well, we're going to have a nice, nice Sunday as well next week. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we give to the Lord. Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for all that you are. We thank you for the way that you provided for us. God, thank you. How that you've given to the, uh, given to your people, and they, they respond in generosity. They respond with their tithes, with their offerings, Lord. And uh, Lord, thank you that we can give to the, to the mission in Ecuador to help them in the earthquake. Thank you that we can give, uh, our tithe and our offering to you, Lord. And as we receive this offering this morning, we ask that you'll bless each gift and each giver, Lord, and that you will do great and mighty things, in this place. As we respond to you, in your name we pray, amen.
2: gem of great radiance and beauty, a timeless symbol of love and commitment, and precious to the one who holds it. But a diamond is not discovered in this state. Instead, it's formed over time under great pressure and heat deep within the earth. And when found, it appears like a glass pebble, easily overlooked and tossed aside without a second thought. It is only in the hands of a diamond cutter that its brilliance can be discovered. With great care and precision, it's shaped and polished until finally its true beauty is revealed for everyone to see. We each carry something inside us. God's glory, our hope, waiting to be discovered. This is the mystery of Christ in us. And like a craftsman who reveals the brilliance of a diamond, we see how God shapes, refines, and reveals true beauty. And God shows us that he is our great treasure. And this is the hope of glory.
3: The hope of glory. I uh, love the uh, message of hope. I, I speak about it often in our men's Bible study. Um, we have this incredible hope in Christ uh, in His resurrection. We, we we serve a living God, not a dead God. He's a living God, and one of the uh, themes of this message has been Christ in us. He He He's not far away. He is in us. That, we have this incredible hope. And today, uh, I'd like you to turn to Mark four thirty-five. And I want to talk about holding on to hope, because even though we have this incredible hope in Christ, in his resurrection, in his indwelling, we still have to hold on to hope sometimes i use I use the uh, the term "I chain myself to hope" uh, because it's easy to lose hope in this world and w- when we look today in mark chapter four, what we're going to see is there was a situation where the apostles had lost some hope during a storm. And I wanted to look at that, those few verses today uh, so we can, we can determine and learn how we can hold on to hope during storms. So in Mark four I'm actually going to read from the screen. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. He had just been preaching all day. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, pay attention to this, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other, even the wind and waves obey him. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you for your word, and we thank you um, that um, you were there in the storms. And I just pray that as we just uh, spend a few minutes in your word, that you would open our spiritual eyes and our ears and our hearts um, to what you have to give us today. I pray that uh, this, this time would be within your will, And that uh, mostly, Lord, that it would be glorifying and uplifting to you. I just pray that you would guide my conversation and my speech and my thoughts um, to be impactful on the hearts of the body here today. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I have grown up in the church almost my whole life. I mean, I have memories of being, uh, even before I was in school, uh, running around in Sunday school. So I, I've been involved in this for almost, its hard to say, a half a century. <laughs> and I, I've heard this, this passage of Scripture in Sunday school. I've heard this passage of Scripture preached, and, and I've heard it many times. And when I was younger, I often thought, here's Jesus in a boat during this fierce storm that sailors were afraid of. Okay, that, that's a bad storm when sailors are afraid of it. And the boat has to be rocking all over the place. I would think there's some water coming in the boat, and yet he's still asleep. And as a child, I remember thinking, I wonder if he's just faking it. You know, I'm just I'm just wondering if he's testing him and if he's faking it. But scripture says he was asleep. He was asleep. Because I thought no one could be that tired. I thought this is a child. No one could be that tired that they could sleep through that. Then you know what happened? I grew up. (laughs) Um, You know, life can be exhausting, especially when you're in a storm trying to bail out the water, when you're trying to row in a storm, when you're just going through normal life routines. It can be exhausting, but then you couple a storm in there, maybe a financial crisis, maybe a health crisis, family crisis. You, you insert whatever storm that you're going through or have gone through or will go through in there, and it can be exhausting. And the readers of this passage of Mark um, could identify with Jesus' exhaustion, being tired. I'll never forget one time um, in a former job, I was a consultant, and I used to travel globally, and it was tiring. And right before my week-long trip... Uh, the kids were sick and there was a lot going on and then I figured, oh, I'll sleep on the plane and I got on the plane and there was three crying babies around me and I flew overnight to Europe and I couldn't sleep and as soon as I landed, I had to go to work and I had to work a 12-hour day and I did that for four days and I was jet-legged and I couldn't sleep. Long story short, I think I got about 15 hours of sleep, 18 hours of sleep over like a seven-day period of time. I was just exhausted at the end of the week, and I was flying back home, and I said, um, I, got, I was blessed with a business class seat, and I was flying back home, and um, I said to the flight attendant, I know after an hour and a half is a nine-hour flight, into the flight, you're going to serve dinner. I said, please, do not wake me up. I, I, I said, I want to sleep for a couple hours. When I wake up, whatever's left for dinner, I'll eat and then I'll enjoy the rest of the flight home. So it's a nine-hour flight. The plane took off, and I believe I started putting my, my seat up before the pilot even gave instructions to do so. I was so tired. And I kind of shut my eyes. And the next thing I remember was the flight attendant. She's yanking on my shoulder. Sir, you must wake up. We're landing the plane. The wheels are down. Wake are you okay? Do you need a doctor? And I was just so tired. I said, no, oh, no, no, no. I, and I, w- I was thinking, oh, I missed dinner. <laughs> and, and I had slept so soundly and so deeply on a plane over the Atlantic. I didn't wake up one time. And I remember the flight attendant saying to, you, to me, she goes, we've all been talking about you. She said, you fell asleep. And you didn't move for nine hours. We wondered if you actually died in your sleep. Okay, and see, that's kind of when you look at the book of Mark, Jesus was hardworking. Okay, the gospels. Oftentimes, I wonder how come is there four? How come we need four gospels? Can't we just tell one story? But the gospels are told to different audiences. For example, the Gospel of Matthew is told to the Jew because he was looking for a Messiah. Jesus was the Messiah. That's the whole theme of the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of John, uh, John is basically saying, Jesus was divine. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, he spends that whole Gospel convincing his audience that Jesus is divine. The Gospel of Luke is to the Greek. Greek culture was very common back then. And even though Jesus was 100% God, 100% divine, it emphasizes his humanity. He was the perfect man. That's what the Greeks liked. So they, the Greeks would love, because when you go through that gospel of Luke, what you see is he uses the term over and over again, son of man, son of man, son of man. But when you get to Mark, it's completely different than one we're in. The gospel of Mark was really, many people believe, written to the slaves at that time. At that time of human history, during that Roman, Roman rule, it was estimated that one in four to one in five people globally were slaves. They were workforce. They had to do whatever people were told them. And they could identify with a savior who... who who, who was blue collar, who worked from the time he got up to the time he went to bed to the point where he was in a storm and he couldn't, he was exhausted, he was sleeping. They would read that and they would say, Wow, that Jesus, when you look at the Gospel of Mark, he's, he's preaching, then over here he goes and heals some people, and then he leaves there and he starts teaching people, then he's feeding 5,000 people, and then, then he's teaching more people, then he's preaching, and he says, He says, hey, his day is kind of like my day. And the one thing I've learned about exhaustion during a storm, when you're tired, you can lose hope. Fatigue takes away and can zap you of the hope. We have this incredible hope in Christ. He rose from the dead. Our sins are forgiven. He's indwelled us. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us, and we have to hold on to that. And sometimes when we're in this storm and we're tired, we can lose hope. And coupled with that, there was a fear in this storm. What were they afraid of? They were afraid of drowning. And what happens when there's fear and tiredness? They began to believe a lie. They began to believe a lie. And that lie we see in here is, Remember when they woke him up? What did they say? You didn't. Do you care if we drown? Do you care? And God cares. And what's interesting is they mention where Jesus was. It says he was at the back of the boat. Uh, you may have a translation that, that says stern. I had a, I had to dive into that because I didn't know what the stern was. I'm not a sailor. <laughs> but... What is interesting about mentioning where Jesus was, Jesus was asleep at the stern, at the back of the boat. That is where the captain normally would sit. That is where the pilot or the steer or the one in charge would sit. And yet Jesus is asleep. And so what happens here is they mention that because when you, someone's supposed to be captaining. Cap being the captain or steering or in charge you want them to be what awake right that's a good thing my brother he always tells this funny story when a whole bunch of us guys get together Uh, there was a time uh, him and a friend of mine and his were going to go on a vacation and it was a 10 hour drive to where they were going they were going to take a half a day at work and then they were going to drive the 10 hours and get to their vacation spot well, something happened to both their works. Neither one could leave early. So it was, they had to work the full day. So they, they were trying to decide, do they just drive the next day or do they drive all night? So being young and a little crazy, they decided they were gonna drive all night. And as my brother tells this story, he says he was on the passenger side of the, the, uh, the car and he had his head against the, the door propped up against his jacket trying to sleep and my buddy Greg was driving and they're driving down the road and my brother says he hears woot, woot, the rumble strips you know uh, that's my impression of a rumble strip and and he opens his eye he he's just cut, he says his eyes are closed and he says Greg move over so he said the rumble strips drop he said about three minutes later I hear woot, woot. it's like Greg, move over. It stops. About three minutes later, he's like, Greg, please move over. About three minutes later, he hears. But the only problem this time, the rumble strips were not on the passenger side. They were on the driver's side. And as my brother tells it, he's prone to exaggeration. So, so bear with me. I'm just telling you what he said. He says, I looked over, and Greg's head was down, fully sleeping. They were off the road, and as he tells it, there was a little drool coming out of his mouth, okay? That's not what you want to see from someone who's in charge of what? The vessel, okay? And so when Mark refers to Jesus being at the stern, depending on the translation you're reading, or at the back of the boat, he's like, hey, this is where the guy in charge is. And when we go through a storm, and when we're in the storm, and if we feel like, wow, you know, I'm I'm going through this financial crisis, I'm going through this health crisis, I'm going through this uh, marriage crisis or family crisis or insert your crisis, whatever your crisis is, and and is God here? Is is he here? Where's he at? You know, I'm here in the rumble strips. Okay, I'm I'm telling him to move over. (laughs) And yet, you know, I feel like, you know, does God, and then it goes to the last sentence. Does he what? Care. Because you combine fatigue and the feeling that God isn't there and he doesn't care, it is easy to lose your hope. It is easy to lose hope if you don't believe and have faith that he cares. So I I have this incredible hope in me because I know Jesus came, died on the cross for me, and he indwells me, and I have to chain myself to that hope. I I, I become a prisoner of hope, of that hope, and this is how I do it, okay? I'm giving you kind of a glimpse into I ho- how I hold on to my hope referring to these passages. Could we go to the passage in Ma- Matthew 19, 26? First of all, when they were in that storm and that storm is raging, Jesus got up and it said he what? Rebuked the storm. Now, if there's a storm out there, like if it's pouring down rain like it is today, <laughs> I can't go, humanly speaking, I can't go out there and rebuke the storm and then all of a sudden it stops raining. If I could, it would be a nice sunny day today. But I can't, humanly speaking, I can't do that. But with God, all things are possible. He can rebuke the storm. And I hold on to hope knowing that at any moment, He can rebuke the storm that I'm in. He can rebuke the storm that you're in, no matter what it is whether it's a financial crisis, whether it's a health crisis, whether it's a family crisis, whatever that storm might be, he can speak the words and calm that storm at any moment. So what I do every morning, I have my routine. I get up every morning, and I might be down in South Park. I might be outside of Planet Fitness if if I was ambitious enough to work out that day. Usually, I'm a get-go eating my burrito. <laughs> and every morning, I tell myself, and I say this out loud. I, you know, people speak on Bluetooth now so you can talk to yourself and people think you're just talking on Bluetooth when you're actually just talking to yourself. But what I do is I tell myself, if I'm in the midst of a storm, a bad storm, I tell myself every day, I do this every single day, today's the day. Today could be the day he rebukes the storm. Today is the day he could say the words. Today is the day he could say be still. Today's the day. Today is the day he can do it. Today this storm could be over. Today. And you say, "Chuck, why do you keep saying today?" Because I keep telling myself 3 times, 10 times, 50 times, every time until I believe it. Today's today because with God everything is possible every storm can be quieted just like he said and he got up in the boat and he rebuked the storm and it what obeyed when god speaks it when god says it when he says the words his word is powerful when he says it the storm will calm and i draw myself incredible hope i attach myself to this hope that we talk about in the risen Christ, the indwelling Christ, and I attach myself because I know even in the storm, He can, today could be the day. So every day I get up, today's the day. Today could be the day. Today could be the day. And then, at the end of the day, the storm may be not calmed. In fact, maybe the the, the, the waves that were, and the swells that were 15 feet high, maybe they're 30 feet high. Maybe the, the rain's coming down harder. Maybe there's more lightning. Maybe, maybe there's some uh, funnel clouds in the distance. Maybe the storm did not get any quieter that day. Maybe it got worse. Maybe it stayed the same. So, what do you do in that situation? Next verse. One of my favorite verses, uh, 1 Peter 5, 7. Uh, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And do do we have another one in there too? Same verse, different translation. And I like this translation because it says, Peter was a fisherman, and I'm a fisherman too. Casting, I love love casting. That's such a good, he says, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Now, we don't know who woke Jesus up during the storm. We know, G- we know that uh, Peter was a, a, a sailor. He was a fisherman. Uh, he was not afraid of little storms. I often wonder if he was the one who woke him up and said, hey, don't you care? And then the many years later, when Peter's writing his books, he says, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. So what I do in the evening, if the storm is still raging, insert your storm. My storms are different than your storms. There will be storms that you go through that I will never go through. And there will be storms that I go through that you'll never go through. It's a storm. It's not pleasant, whatever it is. And if I get to the end of the day and he didn't speak the words, he didn't rebuke the storm, you know, I have to lay my head down at night on a pillow and I I want to sleep that night and what I do is I say you know Lord these are my cares this is the list this is everything I care about I'm giving them to you today before because it because if I hold on to these things I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight okay so I'm giving them to you because why He cares for me. He cares for me. And just like in that boat in Mark, when they woke him up, do you care that we're drowning? The answer is yes, he does care. He does care. And then I lay my head down at night and generally, generally, I have a good night's sleep. Then I wake up in the morning and you know what I do? Today's the day. Today is the day. He can do it today. He can rebuke the storm today. Today is the day. He can speak the words, and that storm could be all calm. Today is the day. Then I go about my business throughout my day. Then I get to the end of the day, lay my head down on the pillow. I'm like, Lord, this particular storm, it's still raging. I give it to you. I give it to you. Because you care you care for me. Like my, like my human father cares for me. More than even that. You care for me. I want to sleep tonight. I'm giving you that way. I'm casting it away. Casting it like a fisherman. Because you care for me. And I go to sleep. Then I wake up the next morning. You know what I do? Today's the day. Today's the day. Today's the day he can rebuke the storm. Today's the day and i do that over and over and over again i i chain myself to this incredible the hope that we have that we have